What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of A Playmaker's View. I'm your host as always, Jamie Burdish. I appreciate you joining the show. Today I have Adam Buck joining me. Uh, if you don't know Adam, he's a member of the UNC football team and we're going to dive into his journey about how he got onto the team there because it is a unique story and kind of what the rest of his career is looking like there. So I hope you guys do enjoy this video. Feel free to reach out to me or Adam with any questions or any thoughts, but uh, without further ado, we're going to kick things off and I'll introduce Adam. So here we go. All right, guys. So like I said, I have Adam Buck joining me. Adam, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know you're a pretty busy guy with all that's going on. So first off, uh, I want you to kind of introduce yourself to the viewers, some of them who don't know you. So who are you and what do you do? Uh, Jamie, it's good to be here. Um, my name's Adam Buck. I'm a punter. Uh, and I punt for the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, I'm a first-year walk-on. I'm a former practice soccer player at UNC, uh, and I, I kind of picked up the punting thing uh, over the past year. Uh, but, yeah, that's me. Gotcha. So walk me through. You're in high school. You're a goalie. All that, you're a goalie, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. So you're a goalie in high school. You come into uh, to UNC, and, you know, you're – play with the soccer team, and then you try out for the football team. So walk me through um, how that kind of went down. My, my process to the UNC football team was in no way normal. Um, I actually didn't even come in with soccer. So I, in high school, it, the story kind of starts in high school. I was attempting to walk on to UNC's soccer team at the time. I was a senior in high school. I just basically just like uh, – a back into the roster support goalkeeper. Uh, that was my goal. Um, so I actually was dropped from the recruiting class in March of my senior year. I, I wasn't like committed or any any way. I was honestly recruiting them at the time. I was trying to be a part of the program. Things didn't look good for their, uh, things were not gonna work out for their recruiting class at the time. So I think in March of 2018, I was informed that I would not be brought in the, in the for the following fall but to stay prepared for the spring just the spiel they'll give you just like uh to just stay ready in case they need uh support in that, that that unit um so from there I honestly I I, I was a reserve with a uh, semi-professional soccer team that summer in Greensboro called uh Carolina Dynamo uh, which is now Fusion U23s uh, there, which is located in Greensboro um but I was kind of gonna just put the boots up, you know what I mean? Just gonna kind of, kind of put them away, call, call it a career, um, and rock on with uh, whatever academics had for me. Um, but I made a decision that I, I wanted to try out for the club team at UNC. It was, it was like a big deal at UNC. I didn't really understand how big of a deal it was until I got to Carolina. Uh, but it, it, there was about 250 kids at the tryout, and. I think like five made it, five freshmen made it of the 200, 200 kids, 150, 200 kids that tried out. And I was lucky enough to be one of the five. So that, that maintained my soccer career. Um, and then I think it was, it was the fall of my freshman year. I made the decision, or no, I actually made the decision to reach out to Anson Dorrance, who is the, the women's head coach at UNC of soccer. And he's a legend one of the best coaches of all time uh 20 I think 22 national championships absolute legend um and I asked him if I could just train with his with his girls 
they're unbelievable. Just the highest class female soccer players in the country. Um, so I got the opportunity to work with them. And <laughs> this, is, this is just just a crazy, I'm sorry I'm taking so long on this first question, but uh, it, 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 was, it was a process. So uh, I, I trained with them th through that fall and it was just crazy how everything worked out. So I think it was before winter break of that fall, the, uh, the senior captain of the men's team at the time actually date, dated, and currently does date, uh, the women's captain. So Taylor Aldo, the women's captain, uh, and Mauricio Pineda, um, th they kind of linked in that, that uh, way of me networking with them. Um, and I, I was at the field with the girls. The guys looked like they needed a goalkeeper. They were, they were going through shooting drills. And I kind of hopped over and said, hey, like, can I hop in with you guys? Uh, and they were nice enough to say, yeah, man, throw the gloves on. We could use somebody in the net. Uh, and there were just, like, insane players on that side, I think. Cam Lindley, who was drafted by Orlando City, was over there. Mauricio Pineda, who is currently uh, with Chicago Fire on pace for rookie of the year in the MLS. He was, he was on that side. So incredible players on, on that side. Um, so I made the decision to, to go over there, work with them for a minute. And I, I just did my thing. I hopped in the goal. I made the saves I needed to make. I, I did my job and uh, they liked what they saw. So Mauricio kind of got my information, got my number. And then from there, I was doing their unofficial work with them for the rest of that entire, entire uh, spring working with them in their captain sessions, uh, a lot of their pickup, just, just kind of doing what I wanted to do originally, just be in the goal with them doing what I love to do. Uh, so that, that was kind of how that went. So soccer rolled with that, went with that till early sophomore year. Football was having tryouts, kind of talked to the boys, said, hey, like I have the leg, should I go out and try it? Never really had punted before, done anything with football. And went over, tried out, did what I needed to do. The coaches liked it. Told me to figure out more uh, in, in the sport and uh, rocked with that for a full year, trained football, completely dropped soccer, and then ended up on UNC's football team. So crazy processes, man. But, yeah, it was, it was a uh, spider web of uh, work to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, that's one unique story and incredible story, to say the least. Um, so was that transition, you know, you talked about the coaches telling you things to do because, like you said, you know, you had never played football before. So was that transition from being a goalie um, to a punter, was that hard for you? What kind of things did you do to kind of prepare for yourself to become a football player, an American football player versus a soccer player? Yeah, so that process in itself was insane, too. So I... I uh, was at the tryouts, did, this was August 2019, so about a year ago from right now. Um, hit the ball just without any type of technique, not really knowing what I was doing, but just hit the ball as hard as I could, and the coaches liked what they saw, and they, they just told me to work on it, because clearly they, I've never punted in game, didn't really understand the technique. So th they just left me with, you're good enough to do this, but figure out how to do it properly. Um, so I've had to take it upon myself from there. So the first thing I actually did was I went to Instagram and I direct messaged every single punter in the CFL and the NFL, just sent them all a DM. I was like, Hey, this is who I am. Here's a video of me punting a football started this a week ago. 
help me in any way you can appreciate it. Um, and I think like five CFL guys got back to me and uh, three NFL guys got back to me. Um, and one of the guys that got back to me was Logan Cook, who is the current punter for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. He, he told me that his coach that he formerly coached him in, in high school and throughout college lived in Chapel Hill. It just so happened. And that, that coach's name was Bill Renner. And Bill Renner is a former punter, I think, for the Green Bay Packers. And I think he may have spent some time with the Vikings as well. I could be wrong. But he, he's a former NFL punter. So, I mean, how, how lucky for me was I that, uh, that there was a former NFL punter in 15 minutes away from my dorm. <laughs> like, I was super lucky with that. So, I got the, uh, I got the contact information, and I, I rolled with it. I, uh, I, I reached out to Coach Renner. Sorry, my, my pup decided to walk in the room while we were interviewing. But uh, <laughs> so, so, I reached out to Coach Renner. He was totally on board with the process. And from there, we worked together for two or three times a week for, I guess, not, it ended up being until I reported for camp. So this was, I think I started working with him September 2nd, and I reported to camp June 26th of this year. So 10, nine straight months of work with him. He taught me everything he, know, everything he knew and everything he knows and kind of treated me as a prodigy. Uh, for lack of a better term, but uh, he, he was the most essential part of my process. He, he completely committed to my process. He met me at 5.30 in the morning on just a random Monday just to get working. The sun wasn't even up yet. Uh, and we worked every day or every day that he, he would work with me. And uh, he got me to the point where I was able to kick football for a top 25 Division One University. So here we are. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. So I, I wanted to ask you in this podcast about some sort of inspiration or a role model that you have. So is there anyone, like, would you consider him a role model or is there anyone else in your life that has really kind of pushed you to um, come to where you are? Because another question I want to ask you later on is about playing at the Division One level. A lot of kids dream about that. So is there someone that really pushed you throughout your life and that you are really thankful for? Yeah, man. I mean, I've just been so lucky with so many different players in my life. And I was actually talking to my mom about this the other day, who is one of those people, as well as my dad. But I've just, at every level of competition that I've participated, I've had a coach or somebody that just kind of pushed me to that next level. You know what I mean? I was playing the, the equivalent of rec soccer when I was a freshman in high school. And then I worked my way to, um, to winning a state cup championship my senior year. So like, every level of competition I've worked at, I've had someone to push me that I was just so fortunate to have. Um, but I definitely say my parents are essential in that process. My mom and my dad, they've, I mean, when I brought the idea, it's like, hey, I sat them down. I was like, I, I think I want to quit soccer. I want, I want to quit everything you guys have invested in me to pursue the possibility of this, of this football thing. And they were all for it. So, I mean, just to have somebody like that in your life that is just so supportive of every decision you make. It's just, it's essential to whatever you want to do. Um, but like a role model in the sport, I mean, obviously Logan's pretty awesome for Logan Cook uh, out in Jacksonville. He's super helpful for uh, helping me find the coaches I needed to find uh, to work with. And Coach Renner, obviously he's even even higher on that list. He 
taught me everything I know about the sport. You know what I mean? He, he, he showed me everything he knew. He didn't hold anything back. He wasn't, it wasn't for his own self-interest. It wasn't to boast his own program. Um, it, it was just to help a kid that, that had the drive and had the want for something. So people like that, people that, that see what you want and they push you to, to get to that point, those are, those are the people you need to keep in your circle. I 100% think that. For sure. All right, so like I said, the next thing I wanted to ask you is about playing at the Division One level. Um, a lot of kids uh, grow up wanting to play professionally and at the Division One level, and here you are. So what is that experience like for you? Obviously, it's probably pretty tough being a student athlete, uh, but is there something that you really um, just have appreciation for when you, you, know, you go to the field every day and say, hey, I'm playing for a top 25 team, and I'm probably, you're probably going to play and do a good job. So what does that mean for you? Well, I mean, for me, I think for the average Division One athlete, it's obviously awesome. But to be in the program that Coach Brown has built, um, that is unlike any other. He, he is the top of, of the totem pole for me. I think that not only was I lucky to walk onto a football team, but the football team that I walked onto is – unlike anything I could have asked for. Every position is competitive. Every person is pushed on a day-to-day -day basis. I could have easily been at most programs, walk-ons are easily neglected. They're used for practice purposes. They're not needed. I have never for one second felt that I was a, a tool in the locker room. I've, I've always felt like I had a purpose with this program and that no matter what happens, I will have a hand in it. So and that, I mean, anybody that, that sees this and is questioning their recruitment process or wondering where to go, I think your eyes should first turn, whether you're a zero star or a five star, to, to what Mac Brown is building in Chapel Hill right now. Um, but yeah, uh, to wake up every day and be able to put on that, that UNC jersey, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Just, I can't even describe it. I mean, <laughs> you think, I guess for me, everybody the embodiment of UNC Chapel Hill success in athletics is Michael Jordan. So you wake up every day trying to be like Mike, no matter if you're on the volleyball team or the basketball team. So I think if you, you embody something like that and a person that just fought for what he wanted to do for so long, you, you can't not be successful. So I'm very fortunate to be in the place that I am. Um, and like I said, it's an, it's an indescribable feeling. Gotcha. So I did want to ask a little bit about Mac, <clears throat> Mac Brown and the program. So what is that looking like for you and just the team as a whole? I know that they've done a lot of different things. You know, he came in and has really transformed the program and revitalized the, the whole thing. So um, what does the future look like for UNC football from your eyes? Like, are you guys going to be pretty successful? I, when, I cannot see a future without success. And the UNC football locker room, the recruitment that they've done, the development they've done, um, the coaching staff is, is unbelievable. And it, it was apparent to me before I was playing football for them and while I'm playing football for them. I, I sat and watched that, that last season campaign where we went, I think, seven and six. We, winning season for, compared to what we had prior, it's just incredible to watch. I mean, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. He, Coach Brown is unlike any coach I've had the opportunity to work with. And I've worked with Coach Dorrance, who's another legendary coach. And, I mean, they are in the same conversation. I mean, these – the people in this UNC system are 
it, <laughs> indescribable, like I said. But to answer your question, yes, I think there is nothing but success for this for this program and the future that that's coming. I, I think it's only going to get better. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the team succeed and you succeed. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you before we kind of wrap things up is obviously the coronavirus is having a huge impact on college football. So what are you what are your thoughts on the whole situation of possibly playing spring football? But you guys are still scheduled to play in the fall. So um, what's that looking like for you guys? You know, testing practices. How has that been for you? I mean, I can't speak for any other teams in the country, but I can promise you that the University of North Carolina is going to be prepared for whatever happens. We are going to work every day, and if the opportunity arises two months late or two months early, we'll be ready. Uh, we play every day and practice every day like our first game is tomorrow, and I think that's the only way you can do it in this situation because so much uncertainty. The world is just full of it right now. So to answer that, I think that – no matter when you tell us to play college football, we'll be ready to go. I don't really have answers on whether or not things will happen or whether they will, um, but I, I think we're going to be playing college football, and I'm banking on that, and I'm, I'm ready to do whatever my coaches say at any time. So That sounds good, and I'm looking forward to seeing you play because now I know you and I can watch out for you, and all the viewers can look and all that good stuff. So the last thing – um, you've had an amazing story. So is there one thing that you would want to just tell people who are looking for the opportunity to play at a Division One level or for anything? Um, you obviously grinded and you got after something that you thought you could be good at. So is there anything you would say to people, you know, wanting to accomplish something huge because you accomplish something pretty big? It's not every day that people can walk on a field and, and make a Division One football team. So is there a message for the viewers that you have? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just if there's anything that you want in this world, you you can 100% go get it if you put every ounce of your effort into it. And I, I don't think I think people get lost in the idea of how much time you put into something. Obviously, I think time's essential to to success and to getting what you want. But for me, it's it's the focus that you put within that time. And I think I think Kobe Bryant embodied that really well. I think he's he's a guy that he made up not, I mean, he did practice 24 hours a day. Don't get me wrong, but within those 24 hours today, he was focused. I mean, you couldn't take him out of it. He, he's the Mamba. Like his, his mind was there. His body was there. Everything was there. His preparation was unlike any other. And all those things are just so essential to success. But if I could tell somebody that is a year behind me in their process and is going to have to go through the year that I went through to get what I wanted, you just have to, you just have to isolate what you want. You need to, prepare and you need to go get what you want and that that's the best way to put it you can't you can't overcomplicate it and you can't over oversimplify it because it's there you just got to put in the work every single day identify your weaknesses put those weaknesses out and know they're there and and crush them so yeah that that's my advice to somebody that wants something and needs to go out there and get it yeah i really appreciate you coming on i mean you have an incredible story and i hope that the viewers listening uh, they can get inspired by your story because it's awesome. And uh, I'll check back in with you soon, uh, depending on if you guys play in the fall or the spring. But I do want to check back in and see 
uh, you actually get some playing time and get on the field. <clears throat> so I think that's going to do it for us. I want to thank you for joining me. Thank the viewers for listening today on A Playmaker's View. And stay tuned for the next episode of A Playmaker's View that will be featured next week. So stay safe, guys.